When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw. Fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. Uh, A little hiatus last week. Apologies for that. We're on the road traveling for work. Uh, I am Todd Blythe, one of your hosts uh, here, as always, with my man, Brett Meyer. Brett, how you doing tonight? Couldn't be better, man. Couldn't good, be better. Good. Got my first hole in one a couple of weeks ago, so that was exciting. We're just, just going to start the podcast off with lies. Tell us the real story. Make it quick. Tell us the real story. I was playing it. Okay, it was a, it, it was a par three course. So already, already disqualified. Rush Creek Golf Club. It took me one shot to get in the holes. It was the third hole. It didn't though. It took you two shots. It was it the second, second tee shot on that hole. Okay. So sometimes I'll just run over there. Cool par. And that's cool how you par. get better. Hit, at your, that's how you get better at your three. short game is I'll hit two or three on each tee. And I was just going through it. And the second one took one hop, went in hole in one. All right. Everybody, if you're listening and you hear this weigh in on Twitter, if that's a legit hole in one, he's playing a par three course. And it was his second ball off the tee on that hole. So weigh in, let us know if that's a, a hole it's in not, one. It's not a legit hole in one. Like, <laughs> so now you're going to back that But up. if somebody asked me like, hey, have you ever had a hole in one? My if answer you have to will, explain it, my no, answer your will answer be, better yes, not be yes, I got a hole in one. And then I'll say, however. I've got a hole in one in mini golf. Should I say yes, however? Listen, that's going to be my answer. Have you had a whole one? I'm going to say, listen, okay. <laughs> <laughs> look, okay. Anyway, moving on, let's get the hell off your fake hole in one story. You don't have, any um, hole in one. all right. Did you, you were at a wedding, uh, last week. Did you, were you able to watch the game at all or have you watched it since former, uh, cyclone Travis Ferguson's beautiful wedding in downtown Minneapolis. Um, I was slated so, to go and got into a car accident on Friday. So didn't have a vehicle. 
It's a bummer. We're, we're, we're glad you're okay, Todd. Yeah. You sound pretty concerned. It was um, a work, it was a work car. So who cares? Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I did watch the game because the wedding was, they had like a very small ceremony for like friends and family. It was in a downtown Minneapolis hotel. And then, uh, some others, you know, myself, my wife, we just went for the reception and did start till was it eight o'clock. So we watched, we did catch a little bit of the game, watched a little, a little bit on my phone. saw it was, as we all expected out of hand, Kansas is probably, I mean, if Kansas and UNLV played, I think UNLV might beat him. I think so too. Kansas was so very bad. Just bad. I mean, it was like, you're just kind of, I just kind of watched like, right, I'm going to watch some D linemen to see how much effort they give or just not there. Like he's got a big, that's a major rebuild for him. Um, that Leipold coach who's I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he took that job to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he, there was a time when he was at whitewater where in year five or six, he had more national championships than he did losses. Jeez, is that a good? Like, yeah, like one of the most like impressive stats of all time. And then I don't, I think at Buffalo, he, I don't know if he was, you know, a world beater, but maybe this was an opportunity to, I mean, obviously it's, it's a power five job, but yeah, Kansas is. And if he turns for, it around for now, for I mean, now yeah, it's a power yeah, five job. He may only need to win like, you know, six, seven or eight games to be seen as like a, you know, a miracle worker. And then, you know, who is knows, it, I mean, this could be there. a, this could be a Chiswick situation you know, win four, win three, four, five games, and then uh, go win a national title somewhere else. Yeah. I was watching something today and your boy, Eddie O down at LSE is going to be the next Chiz. You win a national title and yeah, then you're and get, gone. Like, and get run later. out of town. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, back to, uh, okay. I did watch the game a little bit of it, but it's one of those games where you just hope that everyone gets out healthy and, you know, you, it's not one of those where you're kind of like, Oh, wow. Iowa State's only up 10 and halftime. Like we came out and completely dominated um, all three phases, had a block kick. It's our special teams. Um, good to see that. Even if it's not against great competition, a unit that's struggling like that needs some positive momentum. So yeah, sometimes that, you just, you just need to see success. Yeah. I mean, just, it's one of those games, get your backups in, get your young guys some depth some of the guys who it's nice that you can now play guys a few games and still red shirt. So I think some of the true freshmen got in and it was good. Yeah. All around good. Everybody got out healthy and a fun night in Jack Trice. And you know, it's, it's Brocktober, So it's time to roll. I actually Have got you... a shirt. I wore it Saturday <laughs> at the wedding. Not at the wedding, but I wear it during the day. <laughs> no, it was uh you're, you're exactly right. The, the team, it was a get right game. Um, Brock Purdy looked fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been on him as much as anybody the last, you know, probably year to two years. Um, and he looked fantastic. I don't think we can ever expect, you know, four touchdowns and five passes like we got uh, last Saturday, but he looked great. He got the ball out of his hand quick. Uh, he got it to the playmakers and they made plays. I was a little shocked at how long like Brees Hall, for instance, played uh, in, into the second half. Um, he had a great game, 17 for 124 and, and two tugs. Um, and like Mike Rose and some of our guys on defense, it seemed like they were playing a you know, I just watched the game on TV. I don't remember for sure, but I feel like they were playing in the fourth quarter still. They played really late into the second half, which was shocking because um, there's some guys on that side of the ball that we can't afford to lose. But uh, yeah, Kansas was just bad. They, you know, their quarterback looked like he could potentially do some things. I don't know what year he is, but he's an athletic kid that can run around. And he could throw it a little bit, but they got a long, long way to go like they have for a while. Um, 
you know, Kansas is just always bad. It was really cool that the, the one, you know, little three, four year stretch when they were worth anything at all, uh, was when we played. So that was really cool. Yeah. That was um, fun. But yeah, but Kansas is bad and, and they looked like it. So, and now we go into a bye week um, you know, after five games, Brett, what do you think? What's, what's looked good? What's working for us? What, uh, what has looked bad? Um, and what do we need to improve on, um, you know, through the bye week Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if, I think we could probably say we're somewhat disappointed to be three and two, which, you know, is probably a testament to where our program is at based on where it's been. Um, you know, obviously you and I just win the game. doesn't matter if it's 15 to nothing or 16, 10 or, you know, whatever. That's just a game. Doesn't matter who they play us, Iowa, it's always, you know, it's sometimes can be close. So Iowa game for me, you know, Iowa obviously is having a, a really good year. You saw them on Friday night. I think they're a lot better than most people thought, but I still don't know that they're, a whole heck of a lot better than we are. I mean, defensively are both great. They're probably not probably they are better at, they force more turnovers and then, but offensively, I don't know that they're, I know they play well against Maryland, but that was just one of those things where uh, Maryland just seemed like, I don't know why teams do this against them or any really good team. Like Penn state comes out and, and they receive the opening kick and they try to return it or what, and just like fair catch, because this is what's going to happen against them. They're really good on special teams. They're going to kick it high. They're going to kick it in the corner. And one of your idiots is going to try to return it. You're going to get a flag. You're going to start your first position on like your own five yard line. And it's going to be three and out. And then they're going to have field position and the place is going to be going nuts. Like I don't get why teams don't just, Hey, we're on the road. Just don't even try to return it. Fair catch it. We'll start at the 25. You can fair catch it on the five yard line if you want to. So I know that's a tangent about, you know, what Penn state's a good team. I'm, <laughs> I'll be rooting for Penn state hard this week, but uh, I mean, I, I was a good team. I'm, I'm not going to take it away from them. We didn't know a whole lot coming off of last year. And um, yeah, the defense is playing great. Special teams is great. Offense is probably got to get better. You know, if they're really going to run the table, but um, yeah, they just, we'll see if they get in a game where they don't force seven turnovers, you know, and they have to go the length of the field a few times, you know, that could be different, but, um, Iowa, you know, they're a good team. I, I don't know that we uh, just, it seems like we didn't put our best foot out there, which is frustrating and, you know, offensively couldn't get, couldn't get anything going and defensively played great. But, you know, when you give up what you gave up and turning the ball over, it's just not your best, not our best game. And that was frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Iowa game, that one's going to frustrate. I mean, like, like every year for the past few years, that one frustrates you. Um, just for the simple fact that we cannot seem to get, get off the hot starts, um, or even just average starts. We start so slow. UNLV was, they were just ba a bad football team. Um, and that was, a again, you know, we recapped that a little bit. That was just a, a great trip for Cyclone Nation as a whole, a get right game for our team. I thought that would kind of turn the corner for us and, and we'd get rolling, um, came to Baylor, uh, and really, I mean, offensively played fine, defensively played pretty well. And special teams cost us the game with the, the kick return touchdown, the long uh, punt return that, that set up a score um, and missing field goals and, and just and not being able to punt the ball and flip the field. Um, so so the Baylor game, uh, that one hurts to me more than Iowa just because offense and defense did play well enough to win the game. You look at stats wise, we really dominated and, and special teams killed us. And then also it, it is a league game. It's a big 12 game. Um, so that one. Uh, you know, it, it, it affects us more in, in what we ultimately want to do, which is a big 12 title. Um, <clears throat> and then KU is like, we just talked about uh, just a, a stinky, stinky team. And we got after them and it was over pretty quickly. Um, so going into the bye week I mean, really 
the biggest thing to me is you're still looking for that other pass catcher on the outside on offense. Brees Hall has looked really good the past few weeks. So, so I think he's fine. Um, Purdy's looked really good in stretches and, and very average in stretches, but uh, I think we kind of know what we're going to get. He's not a world beater at quarterback in my opinion, um, but he is a good solid big 12 quarterback for sure. And he can, and he can do some things. He's, you know, he can play at a high level uh, in spurts. Um, but, but still to me, um, we need another pass catcher on the outside. We do have the best tight end room in the nation. Um, but we still need somebody to compliment, uh, Xavier Hutchinson right now, whether that's skates, um, we've seen a little bit of flashes of Sean Shaw, which I've been begging for, for the last two years. Um, so I don't know, but, uh, and then defensively we're solid, you know, I, I'm not a defensive guy. They, they take care of their business on that side of the ball. So anything uh, glaring that you can think of that the coaching staff should needs to address or is really still searching for over the bye week Um, I probably would have to agree with you that just finding someone else in the past game to step up. And, you know, I know that Brock really trusts Charlie a lot and, but you know, if he has someone else and I'd say try to get Xavier Hutchinson more involved, I think he's probably, you know, definitely after the catch, you know, more dynamic than Charlie. Um, and I think he's probably has the most, He's right up there with Brees in terms of having the most NFL upside, I think, just in his size, oh, yeah. skill. He's got some, he's got some juice speed, to him. He's on the catch and run yeah. for the touch. Yeah, he's an week, aggressive absolutely. after the – so I think he's somebody we, you know, would love to see him get more involved. But, you know, just really frustrated with Baylor. I think that was the one game where it's like – it's not like we had to play that much better to win. We just had to not have those massive mistakes on special teams. So, um, But looking ahead, I mean, Kansas State – seems to have kind of, I know they were just like hit with everything possible last year. So that game really didn't mean much, but I, I know they had an injury at quarterback. He's Is back there... now. He, he played last week, but yeah, he did miss okay. two or three weeks there. And, and he's a guy who started a ton of games for them. Yeah. So they got the little running back that they, people have tried to compare to, to Sproles. He's not. He's not Sproles. We saw Sproles up close and personal. This kid is not that, but he is very good. Um, and they're both short. So that's where that comparison comes from. But I mean, the big 12 as a whole, would you agree is wide open, especially with, for us, for what we're looking at, um, Baylor lost this past week. So that helps us. Um, and the fact that if we run the table, uh, and, and the tiebreaker situation, they have a loss too, and, and hopefully they get another one, um, to me and tell me what you think, but to me, Oklahoma does not look like world beaters at all. Um, I mean, they played down to the wire with K-State last week and and almost walked out of there with a loss. So they don't look like a typical Oklahoma team that just blows through the regular season. No, Oklahoma's been – they have not been great. And kind of what you don't – what you expect from them is to score – I mean, defense – to score a lot of points. I mean, defensively, he's been actually okay. I mean, they – Gave up 16 versus Nebraska, 13 at West Virginia. You know, it was kind of a shootout with Kansas State in the first week in Tulane. But, yeah, it's – you know, you expect them to be putting up 40, 50 a game, and they just haven't yet. I think there's some inconsistency across the board in the running game and and a little bit in in the pass game as well, which, you know, you wouldn't expect with Lincoln Riley and and, uh, and what they have on offense. But, yeah, I mean, I I think for us a big game, obviously Kansas State, but – um, Oklahoma state as well. They're 12th in the country undefeated have been playing well and, you know, five and oh, so they seems that always have, you know, a quarterback and a receiver and a running back and 
well, Gundy's done it again. So I think after that game is, you know, Kansas State, we should win and, and really have a nice reset. Oklahoma State at home and get the hype going. Let that be a big game and, and hopefully see if we can pull that one out. Yeah, that's homecoming. So I think uh, there'll be no no short of it, no shortage of energy or, or enthusiasm, you know, in the in Jack Trice for that game. Um, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma still not to go back on Oklahoma so much, but they are, you know, kind of the the gatekeeper to the Big Twelve title. Um, Spencer Rattler, who was probably a front runner, if not the front runner for the Heisman coming into the year, hell, the student section was training chanting the backup's name. Um, you know, the last couple of games looking, you know, looking to replace him. So again, that's the student section and, you know, they're probably pretty well lubed up going into the game. So who knows what they really feel like, but just the fact that that's even a thought um, in the fans mind uh, tells you a little bit about the struggles and the frustrations they've had on offense, which is, you know, atypical for an Oklahoma uh, team, um, Oklahoma state. Yeah, you're right. They, they've kind of surprised me to be five and zero right now, um, but we'll have them at, at, at homecoming. I think, you know, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be juiced up and ready to roll for that one. And then really, you know, it's Texas. And I think Texas has played better than some people thought they would this year. Um, they have a dynamic running game and, and, you know, they're always going to have athletes and, and players out there. It's just a matter of, you know, the last few years, if they can put it together and play as a team. Yeah. I think Texas had the, for whatever reason, had the wrong guy playing quarterback. The guy they have in now, I think is the, it's kind of the one I, I gotta, I think Hudson card was playing and then, um, just by reading stuff, it sounds like he's kind of the, he was the the one that they thought would play, but just wasn't ready. And he's in there now. So I, I would expect them to be much better than kind of what they showed against Arkansas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I just, it's all right in front of us. Like you said, Baylor lost. I mean, we're going to have to. You know, we're going to have to really, I mean, yeah, beat Oklahoma twice to win the Big 12, like kind of what we thought, unless Texas goes on a run here. But it's right there where there's not a team out there, like you said, with Oklahoma that looks like they're unbeatable or we're going to have to really play well. Um, So I'm excited. I think it's still right in front of us and we can go on a run and still have an an unbelievable season and, you know, finish in Dallas and then somewhere real nice. So it'd be nice to do that two years in a row. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, what do you think of, I mean, it's kind of being the big 12 has been a pretty good snapshot of college football as a whole this year. I think it's college football outside of, you know, Alabama. I mean, tell me another team that's just dominated and then, and has done what they typically do besides Alabama. Clemson is not the same team. Ohio state doesn't seem like they're the same team that they've been in years past. Obviously we just talked about Oklahoma. Yeah. I think it's clearly Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. I mean, there's like, if you put, you know, right now the top four, top four teams is, you know, Alabama, 
Georgia, Iowa, and I don't know who's who's fourth. Um, let's see. Anyway, like if you if you had a fourteen playoff right now, it's probably an Alabama or Georgia plays Iowa. You know, Iowa's not scoring on either of those teams. <laughs> they're just not like right. And I don't. It's no, not, this isn't a knock on Iowa. Very, no, nobody is. Nobody's scoring on either of those teams. I mean, I know that you know Florida had a little bit of success against Alabama, but it's just it's not happening. So I think those two teams are probably, unfortunately, will be those two teams in the in the national championship game, sim- similar to what we saw a couple of years ago. And the difference with those two teams is, you know, Alabama has probably the best quarterback in the country, and, and Georgia's still shuffling around trying to figure out who they have. Which, I mean, it's the same Georgia team that chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, so. You know, that staff surely knows what they're doing with quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, they've nev- never mismanaged quarterback situations no. before at all. Um, seen the, they're kind of the crew that signs like 25 stars and then ends up with the worst one somehow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, not that, you know, it's a little different situation with, with Texas, but that's kind of been my issue with Texas over the past few years is they have, you know, the biggest budget in college football. And I know I've gone on this rant before, but they have the biggest budget in college football. They have the best recruiting territory as far as just what's in their backyard in all of college football. And they have, you know, the history, the brand name, all of that working for them. The fact that they cannot win nine or 10 games every single, just by rolling their helmet out there every single season just still baffles me and blows my mind. Um, but again, it, you know, it is what it is. So, um, that's, that's one luxury that we have is we have none of those advantages over a, a team like Texas, but we have a fantastic coaching staff. We've built, uh, built a culture that we always talk about the five-star culture and, um, we have the, the fan base to back it up. Um, and so, you know, we're able to, I guess, overachieve as compared to some of those, those blue blood programs that uh, have certainly underachieved the last few years. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, looking at this. I was just kind of looking at the rankings now and trying to project, but I mean, obviously Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, you know, if I don't know, man, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see because I think those two teams are, you can kind of pencil them in it. And then yeah. you look at like, Iowa. I was tough at number three. I mean, their, their defense is so good, but at some point they're going to have to score points to win. And I just don't know if they got it. I, I will say this. I watched a little bit of their game last week. I try not to do that, but their running back, um, what a Tyler Goodson. He's nice. He is. He can really go. Good. That, that yeah. dude can scoot. Yeah. He, he's a good player. Yeah. I mean, I know that we've Iowa fans have jumped on and, you know, got their Twitter fingers working and, and tried to go back and forth with the Goodson versus hall situation. But, uh, I, I think we got the best running back in college football. I really do. But that the Goodson kid is good. He, he can run the ball he, and he can go, they're not going to catch him. So he's yeah. fun to watch, but I, you know, it's not your typical Iowa O-line this year either. No, they got the center that's really good, and he'll be a first-round pick, but there's a big drop-off from everyone else. But, I mean, if you look at their schedule, if they get past Penn State, I mean, they could probably play backups and, and run the table. It's like Purdue. The, the Big Ten stinks. Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. So, I mean, that's Gosh. like no Michigan, no and, Michigan and State, no Ohio State. Was it Northwestern that Nebraska just beat the hell out of this past them, week? Yeah. I mean, Nebraska could be better by then. Minnesota always plays hard, but, you know, Wisconsin, you're at Wisconsin, but they, their quarterback, I was going to turn him over like 11 times. He's terrible. <laughs> he had literally one good game. And then like, if you're a quarterback and they finally, he's like a four or five star recruit, they finally get their guy. Like their staff has to be so frustrated because like, that's how you recruit. They can never get quarterbacks because 
they turn around on ISO 40 times a game. So like yeah. guys, kids watch it. It's like oh, quarterbacks don't want to go to, go to school. To and off. then they finally get there and they, their chance to say, look, we got a quarterback, we can develop him." And he's gotten worse. He had like six touchdowns his first game and he just progressively <laughs> has gotten worse, which, you know, probably on him as much as the coaches. But so, yeah, I think Iowa's got, you know, it's right there in front of him, man. So, um, what do you think of Cincinnati? And I haven't watched this team at all. I don't know anything about them other than what other people have said that they, their offense is dynamic. They can score a lot of points, but now I like, are they going to come in and kind of run the table in the big 12 in the next couple of years? <laughs> I mean, obviously that that's turning into be a better and better pickup for the big 12 as a conference, um, because they've looked really impressive. They just beat Notre Dame last week. Uh, and, and, you know, put some more points on the board uh, and looked really dynamic. So that's a, uh, that's a team. I don't know. I know next to nothing about, but they've, you know, on paper, they look really, really good. Yeah. I mean, like Desmond Ritter, their quarterback's a four-year starter. He's probably first, second round pick. Like he's one of the top guys. He's really good. Um, you know, obviously That's surprising. Got... you don't see first round picks being four-year guys a lot these days. Yeah. He, he's good though. He's good. And, um, I mean, they're probably, their coach is probably going to leave. I could see, you know, if, if LSU and, you know, USC and all the openings, if, if Franklin goes somewhere and Penn state's open like that, you could probably think their coach will be gone. You know, sometimes these programs have been majors. They have a good run and they don't always sustain it. Cause maybe it was a quarterback or so. I don't know. Yeah. They, Northern I mean, Illinois they, a few years ago had the yeah, good running quarterback and yeah, had a good so two, three years. What, yeah. What, what their, what their run will be. And, you know, PJ Flat goes undefeated at a Mac school and he's gone and they're unhurt. You know, you don't hear from him again, but that was like a group that he coached for four years and, you know, right. they all came together the last year. So I don't know, but Cincinnati's interesting because, you know, they're kind of like similar to Iowa. They don't really have any, but I mean, central Florida is good. You know, that could be a tough game. SMU's ranked, but you know, they should beat them. And they, if, if Cincinnati runs the table and then wins the American, and, you know, it depends on who it is. I could see, you know. And with a win like Notre Dame, I mean, that's a brand name win. That helps yeah. their cause. Like if Iowa loses to Penn State and then runs the table, which they will because, you know, the West is terrible. The Big Ten stands. And, and they, they're they still going to be in the Big Ten championship game and then say they beat Ohio State. And then you have like Iowa and Oklahoma runs the table there and if like we, I mean, who knows? I don't know if you could still make the playoff, but that's what I mean. <laughs> the, I know. The outside of those top two or, you know, maybe three, but really top two teams in college football, it is just wide open. I mean, there's, yeah. I don't you know, think we, the Pac 12 has enough respect for them to do anything. Cause you know, yeah, Oregon, Oregon's up there at eight, but t- tell me this Michigan's five and oh, at what point is it this week? Is it next week? When do we decide? And, and they come back to earth and be like, Oh, nope. You're still the same fraudulent Michigan team that we've had for since Jim Har- Harbaugh got there. Um, I mean, it's Michigan. So who knows? It just, it's kind of wild. To me I just don't trust like- Michigan every year. They're supposed to be, this is the year that they contend for a national title. And then every year they end up with, six or seven wins and he can, you know, squeak into a bowl game, but yeah. These schedules this the, year. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're in the, in the West, like the schedules are so unbalanced. I mean, Iowa plays Penn state, right. But Michigan plays Michigan state who's 11th Penn state. Who's fourth Ohio state. Who's state. They play everybody. So it's just, an, I mean, it's, you know, whatever. and they do that every year, every year. It's just very, yeah. That's why if you're Iowa, you just got to be kicking yourself. Like I know they've taken advantage of it a couple of years ago and this year, but like they should be, with how many guys they have in the league and how like they're, they got every, like, how are they not like a top 10, 15 
10, 12, 15 recruiting every year and just dominating that division because I don't know. I, I think their program should be more, should be better than Wisconsin, but you know, oh my gosh! Yeah. It, it should be too, it should be Iowa and Wisconsin fighting it out to to get the Big Ten title game every year. Yeah, Those other teams, Western sticks their nose in there every couple of years. <laughs> oh, I know. And Nebraska is a joke right now. They they had a good game last week, but they're until further notice. They're still a joke. Um, but the, I know those other teams don't even. Yeah. They don't really. Yeah, I think it's Alabama, Georgia, and then you know either Iowa, Penn State, or I mean I don't know. The Big Ten has probably. I mean, it'll obviously play itself out, but. I don't know. I think Ohio State still has the most talent, and if they run the table, I think if they play Iowa, they're probably athletic enough on offense to to break a couple plays. And but their defense has is, is been kind of suspect. So, I don't yeah, know. but it's still that's a good matchup for them. Just in the you're exactly right. They got athletes that that you know you would think would be able to pop a couple big ones or or you know just put a couple drives together to put some points on the board, and then Iowa's offense against that size and speed and Ohio State defense, even if they're they're not not the typical Ohio state defense. They're not dominating. Iowa's offense just isn't, I mean, if you shut down Goodson and coming out of the backfield, there's not much else there. Um, the one question mark I have is, uh, does USC become a contender this year? Um, or next year when they hire urban Meyer after he gets fired from the Jaguars? It's so funny. Urban (laughs) thoughts thoughts on the urban Meyer situation with him. Uh, I don't know how we want to put this, but just being caught on camera at, the, at, at his bar, his namesake bar yeah. in Ohio um, after the Thursday night game, not flying home with the team um, and uh, getting a little handsy with some, co- <laughs> it looked like some co-eds in the bar. I don't understand. Number one, like I've never heard of you know a coach not flying home with the team, but whatever, he didn't fly home with the team. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's bizarre. I mean, for a Thursday night game, I can see, you know, this isn't a college team. These are all grown men. So I can see that saying, Hey, it's a Thursday night game. We probably have the weekend off for the most part for these guys. It's, you know, there's a team flight, but it's kind of find your own way home, but that's for the players more. So you got to think the staff, you would think the staff is flying home and they're diving back into the meeting room and in the film room the next day. So that was that in itself is shocking. And then to go to, to go to the urban Myers pint house or whatever it's called, um, there in Ohio and then, uh, start flirting with the co-eds, just, just not a good look. I mean, yeah, I'd be, I mean, how, what's the respect level for that guy walking into the, to a team meeting this week? I mean, I honestly don't think that the players cared. Like they're probably just laughing at it. Like, seriously, is that something that they're going to be like morally just, Oh my God. No, but they're laughing at it. Oh, they're laughing at it. Yeah. No, I, I think when you look at since he's been there, he's done what he's brought in Doyle whom the player is just like, no, not happening. So yeah. that's strike one. Then he brings in Tebow Tebow, <laughs> and they watch Tebow practice a day in pads and they're like, no. So that's strike two. And then now this is obviously strike three. And then then we know so, about what we know strike about, we know you got to understand too. Like he's dealing with grown men, not a bunch of college kids. And instead of like addressing the team as a whole, he cancels the team meeting and goes into in each individual like position group and kind of addresses it with him. Cause he, you know, he doesn't want to have to face him. So, I mean, just everything he's done essentially since he got there has been like, you, this isn't college where you can just do whatever you want. Like these are grown men. You need to be upfront and honest with them. And I mean, he just, whatever, he, he's obviously a great college coach, but 
He's somebody who but everywhere <laughs> he goes, controversy follows. Oh, morally and, and for a guy that gets on TV when he wasn't a coach and he was, you know, on the pregame shows and stuff and just preaches, uh, you know, culture and leadership. And this is how you run a program and doing things the right way and trust and discipline and, you know, all that stuff. Everywhere he goes, there's stories like this, whether it's him or his assistants that, that he keeps on staff. I mean, it's at this point, at what point do you just say, you know, he's just, he's just a bad guy, but a good coach. I yeah. I mean, that's, I can that's see where him. we're at. Yeah. I mean, if I don't know that, so USC has USC's uh, president is not messing with urban Meyer. Just not. So I could see something like, you know, I mean, LSU clearly doesn't care. They would do anything. That's a great point. So That's a wonderful take. LSU is looking very attractive to to Coach Meyer. Yeah, right now. It's basically inevitable that like you know Coach O kind of ordering or struck lightning in a bottle and had the one of the best, maybe the best season ever. And two years later, for you got for LSU to be where they're at, unranked, you know, one of the worst rushing offenses in the country, and just back to being LSU. It's like I think he's going to be gone. So I, I could see. I mean, it's the SEC, LSU. He could go. He could, but who knows? I mean, there's there was one of the writers, national writers, did like a poll of like ads, and there was like seventy five percent said no, we're not going to hire him. It's like if one of your main boosters comes up and is like, Urban's a coach. Urban's going to be your coach, and he's still. I'm going to write you a check with a couple commas in it. Yeah, yeah, like he is. He's still an unbelievably great college coach. And I like, I, I don't view this thing that happened as that big of a deal in Ohio. Like what's the girl. That's just not that big of a deal. I don't think it is. I think it's more a big so, deal for him and oh, his, it's, family, it's and his family at home. <laughs> that's yeah, about it. Yeah, fun. yeah. But it's not a good look for him and his family, but it's, it's not a big deal as far as the whole scheme of coaching and professional football. Yeah. And, and if, and if Jacksonville has won a game or if they were like three and one or it's gotten out to a better start, but you know, you haven't won yet. And this is, you know, it's just not, uh, obviously not a good look, but I could see him back in college coaching, probably not USC just because there's, you know, I think the, the lady who the, you know, the president just doesn't, I don't think she just met, she didn't play with that. <laughs> and I think the main thing would probably be what he did with his coach at Ohio state, who was, you know, had that domestic abuse, like, you know, with his wife and he just cut them on staff, didn't do anything. And that's probably the biggest issue with, I think a lot of, a lot of people at some of his universities, but LSU, I mean, they covered up less miles, all his shenanigans for years. They don't care. <laughs> shenanigans they're, is a really, yeah, really nice way winning. of putting it. I think urban would probably do well there, but who knows? I mean, you never know. No, he'll, he'll probably have, he'll have some sort of a health issue. Um, he'll step away for, and miss the last five, six games of the season. Then you'll see him. He'll say he's going to take some time off, spend up with his family, get healthy. And then all of a sudden he'll be the LSU coach uh, rolling into to 2022. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Khan, the owner, for them, it's probably just about, like, being embarrassed now. Like, he's probably, you know, because those owners probably talk shit to each other. <laughs> I would imagine they're probably clowning him, and it's like, all right, I'm not <laughs> dealing with this. You're fired. Yeah. I'll just pay you a year, you know, whatever. It's a great point, though. If, if, they've, if they've won two or three games at this point, it's a different story. But the fact that they're over, and then now their head coach is, is caught on, you know, he's all over Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's the embarrassment is the bigger issue than the actual, you know, deed itself. I think probably at this point, yeah. um, that's all I got. Anything else you, uh, you got to talk about tonight? I mean, we're, we're rolling into a bye week um, you know, get healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, everything, and then uh, get ready to roll for, for K state. Right. Yeah. I'm excited. I think the second half of the season, it should be, um, 
it's a fun, it's a good year of football for obviously fans of both teams in the state of Iowa. And, you know, I'm looking for a site, you know, everything's right in front of us. I mean, who knows? We could run the table and depending on what else happens, be kind of sitting in that, you know, five, six, seven range and, you know, going somewhere sweet, like a sugar bowl, fiesta bowl, or, you know, who knows, maybe even a playoff if we get lucky. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, you know, two losses is great at this point in the season, but a big 12 title, we still get to everything we, we want to get to. If we can get a berth in that game, which means we probably went out and, and run the table, but uh, if we get a berth in that game and, and win that game, everything is everything we wanted and dreamed of at the beginning of the season is still right there. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like we're still in a good spot as much as it sucks to, you know, the Iowa game, whatever we lost, that sucks. The Baylor game hurts more because it's a league game, but with them losing last week, it kind of brings things back to earth uh, uh, for Baylor at least and and levels the playing field again and, and everything's right there in front of us. Yep. I'm excited. But uh, all right, man. It's, Hi, it's brother. Well, hey, always hey great to see you, man. Always, always a pleasure. All right, bud. Go Cyclones. <laughs> Go State.